Automatic all points relay from Starfleet Command, Captain. Code one. Well, there it is. War. We didn't want it, but we've got it. Curious how often you humans manage to obtain that which you do not want. War or not, we've still got a job to do. Denying Organia to the Klingons. With the outbreak of hostilities, that might not be easy. Laying a course for Organia, Mr. Sulu. Aye, aye, sir. Negotiating with the Organians will be time-consuming, Captain. And time is the one thing we will have the least of. Well, we won't get it by talking about it, Mr. Spark. The trigger's been pulled. We've got to get there before the hammer falls. Ahead, Wolf, back to seven. Hello, and welcome to SnapTrack, the podcast which compares two episodes of the galaxy's favourite science fiction franchise, Star Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Webster, and I'm joined by Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hey, Ross. What's up? I'm good. Hey, just about good. managed to say that without fluffing it. Just about managed to get that tongue twister out. <laughs> I've just realised how complicated it is to say favourite science fiction franchise very quickly. I'm going to reword that next time. First. Yeah, it's going to be totally <laughs> different next time uh, so I can get it out there without tripping over my own tongues. Um, how you doing? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing. <laughs> it's, it's it, isn't it? I say the same thing every week. <laughs> I worry I worry when actually lockdown ends and we've actually got stuff to talk about. I know, right? And we'll have to have a whole other section for like yes. just, just Ross and Jen's catch-ups. I love and we'll it. just we'll just it. put it here. We'll put it here. Yes, like Fifteen of... minute. How's it been going? Instead <laughs> <laughs> of just yep, same every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing new. Nothing new. new. <laughs> no, it'll happen, and it'll be glorious. Oh my god! <laughs> what a beautiful day. Home stretch. Hopefully. Oh man. Some kind of game. I've never seen that one before. How do you play? During each snap track, we compare the episodes using a variety of categories and we select a scene, a line, an alien or a prop which we think is excellent and we award a point to the answer which we think is the best. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. Snap track is a competition, but it is played just for fun. There are no prizes or trophies. The real aim is to have a great conversation about Star Trek and perhaps think about the episodes in a new way. We would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at SnapTrack. Please send us your ideas for episode comparisons and for any categories we could use. And of course, send us your Star Trek lyrical recaps or any Star Trek poetry, haiku, limericks or rhymes or whatever. We love to hear from you. Uh, so do send those in. You can contact me, Taborg, at strtrk1701, also on Twitter. And Jen? And you can reach me on Twitter also um, at Edith Quartz. Okay. Well, let's get to it. <laughs> let's do it. In this episode, we encounter non-corporeal beings who go to great lengths to hide themselves from view. Despite finding organic life perplexing and discordant, these beings will intervene when pushed, though it can take a little while for them to reach a decision. Enter <laughs> the Organians. I was lucky enough to watch the original series episode, series one, episode 27, Errand of Mercy. And of course, Jen, you watched 
I was lucky enough to watch the Return of the Organians, <laughs> also known as Enterprise Season 4, Episode 11, Observer Effect. I know, the Return of the Organians, but also the first time we met the Organians. Right. It's, it's the other way around. Ah. It's, it's both a, a prequel and a sequel to what happened in, uh, <laughs> in Air of Mercy, which is so cool. <laughs> And this is a sort of an unusual matchup for us because we really just based it on the fact that you see the Organians, but yeah. because you're because it's the same species, there are those things in common, and you do right. you do pick up those similarities. But it's not like a natural a natural snap trick, but it is a one that's I think is going to work quite nicely. Yeah, it's interesting that the uh, they're definitely the same species. Yes, but the episodes it themselves are very different. Very, so very it's, different. it's an interesting comparison and a really fun double feature absolutely okay <laughs> commander i would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon i wouldn't miss it for the world i can't wait to see what he's come up with as ever we begin with a lyrical recap of the episode under discussion jen what is your lyrical recap for observer effect all right, so for Observer Effect, I have a straight-up limerick. It is from the point of view of one of our Organians, the one inhabited by uh, the one that inhabits our buddy Travis, and it is called emotional in- involvement. Ooh, yes, good, good, <laughs> very good. Okay. I had a weird first day at work. My new boss is straight by the book. We strive for non-interference, but they showed such perseverance. It will be noted within my report. (laughs) Nice. Classic, (laughs) classic limerick. Recaps the episode. Takes all the boxes. Very good. And the thing that I like about this episode, it really is straight up just a workplace drama episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The two organians. They're like just just government workers having to fill out reports and stuff. And <laughs> what's what's nice is I really thought there was a similarity between Observer Effect and uh, Distant Origin or the opening of Distant Origin, where they're sort of walking around the ship, sort of looking at what the humans are doing on Voyager, yeah, just sort yeah. of watching and commenting, just like that. Really, yeah, it must be weird to think. You know, is there a, is there an Organian in the room now? Well, not Organian because they have to inhabit a person. <laughs> But there could be a Voth in the room just sort of watching me interact. Oh, look, he talks into the machine and the other person responds. Is it some sort of bizarre social engagement? And it's interesting for the, for us, us humans to be on the other side of, of, you know, this is kind of a classic prime directive episode, but we're yeah. on the other side of it, which is Loved kind it. of interesting. So. Yeah, that was, that was a really nice twist on it. It was great. All kinds of protocols and things, so... That's what I. <laughs> that's that's what I like about Observer Effect. All right, can't wait to hear what you have come up with for Errand of Mercy. So for the first time in a long time, Limerick, straight yes. up, and it's <laughs> that's appropriate. That's appropriate. That should be the same. <laughs> no title for this one. I had I had one, but then I thought, nah, it's t- too much. So let's uh, let's just go for the straight up Limerick. The Federation and Empire plan war. So, Organians, what is it good for? Non-corporeal, <laughs> non-corporeal beings find war unappealing. Kirk ends up agreeing with Core. 
<laughs> oh, that's really good. I love it. I'm about to say absolutely <laughs> nothing. Yeah, exactly. That that was what that I was gonna call it. I was gonna call it one two, huh? And I was like, no, I'm leaning on that too much. <laughs> absolutely nothing. Uh, probably would have been a better title. That's, yeah, that would have been a good it, one. It's the Organians as well. Right. Oh, that's great. Love it. Okay. Excellent limericks. I think this is a nice way to start this episode off, actually. Yeah. Okay. And I really, I really have no idea. Sometimes I think I know which one's going to come out on top, or I know where a category's going to go. I've really got no idea where we're going to go with this. Yeah. These, both of these are really good episodes, really yeah. strong episodes. Very good episodes, both. And yeah. they both have different, different strong points in different. their favor. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't even know which one I like better. <laughs> if I think I about have, it. <laughs> I have to say, I, I'm not sure which one I like better either. Because they both do such a good job yeah. of what they are doing. Right. Right. Um, oh, interesting. And I enjoyed both for very different reasons. But anyway, right. let's let's do this. And then we might, <laughs> we might answer some of our own questions as we go on. <laughs> Aaron and Mercy has uh, Spock and tights. So... That's well, going to be edge for now. Is, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll see that, how this goes. But. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but you should get a point just for that. <laughs> well, we are going to talk about this. We are going to talk oh, about good, this. Oh, good, good. Okay. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself, as usual here. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay, would you like to select the first round? Sure. For our first category, let's talk about our... Uh, our aliens here that we have in both of these episodes. Let's talk about the outrageous Organians. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's a good title, Jen. We should we should highlight how good this is. Uh, very good. Right. That's that the first category we came up with. I was yeah. just like, outrageous Organians. I don't even care what the category is. But. Okay. All right. So the Organians... The Organians, as portrayed in Errand of Mercy, uh, when we first meet them, we're not massively impressed with them, uh, with their nature <laughs> or their achievements. We do respect that they are a society of you know, peace and they are friendly, and we recognise they're in need of an, uh, of an assist uh, unless they become the slaves of the Klingon Empire. We also know there's only one Class M planet in this disputed area, and we need to get get our foot in the door so it's sort of you know it seems like a, a race we could almost sort of semi-manipulate they're, they're very much we want to help you and you should let us help you because it will be better for you if you let us help you there's definitely it was like a sort of a power trip there with kirk mm-hmm. and spock um but they did have sort of the the klingons true to form were a bad lot so lots of the stuff they said was true the Organians themselves appear peaceful and reasonable, but they are a touch enigmatic. And I do think a lot of the plot could have been avoided if they'd just been really forthcoming at the outset about their desires and abilities. Um, <laughs> if, if they just said, as he beams down, he was like, do you know what, Kirk? I, I know you've got all this, this, this anger and tension and fear in your head about what's going to happen, but you don't have to worry about us. We can totally take care of ourselves. This is all an illusion just to keep your tiny mind uh, inside its brain. But they didn't. They were just really mysterious. and <laughs> They're I, still I, just like, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> I know, I know. And it got, it got really theatrical and pointless. 
but they I never thought they were I always thought they were very nice, like a nice, honest bunch. Perhaps yeah. not not entirely sure really how to deal with this situation. And I think that sort of plays again out in your episode as well, where they are studying organic life forms. They right. don't really know what's going to happen. And they can guess and they've got ideas, but they don't really know what to do. Um, the the Organians in Errand of Mercy, they have a uh, council of elders, which consists of the amazingly named Aylborn, Trafail and Claymare. <laughs> so and they, seem like, they seem like a decent bunch. And they have incredible patience for godlike beings. And I thought, certainly they seem some of the most reasonable and calm of all the semi-deities that we encounter in Star Trek. They, you know, they're happy just to sit there and have a big long chat about it. If it had been Q, it had been finger-clicking left and right. If it had been, Trela- mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Trelane, he'd have been doing all sorts, playing the keyboard and whatever, or what have you. Um, but actually, towards the end, they do do an awful lot of literally interfering in galactic affairs, um, stopping the war, really just deciding that they don't want this to happen, therefore it's not going to happen. But they also think about the details. And I, I like the fact that they don't just stop a, a, an intergalactic war by literally controlling the armadas of both parties, no matter where they are in the galaxy. But they also take the time to raise up the temperature of all the weapons to 350 degrees so that no one could touch them. I, I really <laughs> like that. They were certainly a complicated species and we could see more of them. The outrageous Organians. Just, just bizarre. <laughs> I feel like I'm just giving you sort of an overview. Yeah, and and they, I mean, they are complicated species. They really are, and and it's it's when you look back on both these episode episodes, it looks like they actually kind of did learn something from their time in Observer Effect. Yes, um, and you know, with their non interference, they they their 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 choice is to use their powers not to interfere until there was violence. Mm. And that's what they decided, you know, it's the violence that they don't like. And, and they're basically, you know, like you said, they're just kind of like, let's, let's watch what happens between the, you know, the humans and the Klingons until it turned violent. And, and that's when they, they actually took advantage of the power they have, you know, and used it for, for good. (laughs) You know, if you, um, and then decided to reveal themselves, which which is interesting because you're right. The whole thing could have been um, could have been prevented if they had just been straight up with with Kirk. But they still or, or with the Klingons or, or with, with anyone, the Klingons, yeah, yeah, or with anyone, yeah, yeah. They let the Klingons think that they uh, killed hundreds of Organians. I really wondered about that, and I thought, were they were they really Organians, or they just sort of projections? Yeah, or did the Organians get to like pretend? To, to die. I know. Just like, <laughs> yeah, a little, like, oh, I get a death scene in this little a live action good role place. play, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the good place neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. We're just pretending and then the Klingons right. leave and they'll stand up and go about their business. <laughs> right. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, they are comp- very complicated. And um, and it's funny because they, it, it, or you know, like we said, Observer Effect comes after Aaron of Mercy um in production order, but, but you know, before Iron of Mercy uh, in the timeline, and it kind of makes sense because where we see them in Observer Effect is 
them deciding to not interfere at all or reveal themselves at all to humans, Klingons. They they name drop Cardassians even. Yes, um, that was nice. You know, lots of different. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Uh, yeah, we got we got another uh, species reference <laughs> in Enterprise, which is really good. Enterprise is so good at that. Just like it's random little canon references, especially to uh, original series, um, and especially here being you know. This being one, yeah, one of the best, yeah, yeah, sequel prequel being one of the best examples of that. Um, but yeah, so here we see two Organians who, like I said, are just they're just at work. <laughs> like they're we don't know if they're if they're scientists or diplomats or or what you know. Um, but their job is is to not interfere and just observe. Um, and you and you got the old salt. Uh, who uh, embodies Reed and uh, the young whippersnapper who wants to switch things up. And, and he, he, uh, he takes the form of Travis. And do you think they decided to inhabit those bodies because their personas sort of adopted were sort right? of similar to the personas of the humans they were inhabiting? Yeah. Like how much more funny would it have been to have Reed be the one who, <laughs> Who was yeah. you know the optimist that that you know got a soft spot for the yeah. young go getter that had a soft spot for the humans? No, <laughs> <laughs> so it probably would have been a little too jarring, I guess. Yes, you know, because yes, yes, yes. it's a lot, it's a lot easier. They did a really good job. Like it's a lot easier to understand, even when they do a lot of body swapping. We'll talk about the body swapping later. It's 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 never a question which organian is who. You know, they no, do a good, no, good no, job no, of that. But um, but anyway, so yeah, so their job. I mean, this is it's a it's a simple observation. This guy, the Reed uh, Organian, has been doing it for eight hundred years. No wonder, so no wonder he's annoyed know, though. Right. This is the other guy's first mission. He's changing yes. things up on the first yeah. day. That, that happens at work, doesn't it? <laughs> right. so there's no, always that's the, how the progress happens, right? Sorry, but, say again. Uh, that's that's how progress happens. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But and it's and it's funny. Is it? so? This is just another observation. He's like, oh, maybe this will be one of the times that everyone dies, <laughs> you know, so not, you know, because he's he's just very removed from it. And like you said, the new guy, you know, obviously hasn't seen everything that the older Organian has. So so he's more not interested, and more involved, not as jaded, exactly. So it's an interesting duo, and um, and I I can see here, like at the end. When the Travis Organian is like, we have the power to save them. It's wrong. We we, di- we could have t- told them that this virus, we could have warned them about the virus. We didn't. Therefore, it's our responsibility. That if we can save them, we should. A- and that sounds reasonable. <laughs> like you can talk, you know, this is, this is a, this is a very by the book prime directive. Um, <laughs> mm episode but from the other side we're on the other side of it which is really interesting i did wonder if this had played out from the captain's perspective whether they would have warned them as well i suppose yeah i don't think archer would have explicitly warned anyone but he might have like scared them away by doing something yeah he'd have kept them away somehow yeah or just like, man, I mean, like Archer at the end, he puts up a booby that says, be careful, there's a strange virus on this yes. planet. <laughs> like, yeah. Which if the Klingons had done that or the Cardassians or anyone else in this 800 years had thought to I do did, that. I did think 800 <laughs> years and no one's done that. 800 right. years and no one's done that. So there you go. That's how humans are different. 
Yeah, we've got a big we, supply we, of life, boys. We, right. <laughs> we deserve the credit we got from the Organians just for that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so they obviously learned something uh, about how they want to be involved in in the greater galaxy because you see it later than in Aaron and Mercy that they did get involved. They they let themselves be seen, be known by other cultures and <laughs> and interfered in a big way once they turn violent. So it's it's a, it's you can kind of see the Organians evolution yeah. within this. They've they've changed. Things have improved. Yeah. Things are different. Right. And it is it's a it's a really nice continuation of their story. It really is, yeah. It's a nice continuation and a nice prequel to their yeah. story. And they mention the Klingons as <laughs> well, don't they? They mention the Klingons actually quite a lot in the in the, yes. the Enterprise episode. Yeah. And they're always comparing what Archer did <laughs> with what the Klingons are with what the Klingons did, which I thought was such right. a nice touch. That was a nice touch. And also Archer was looking for the Klingons as well and oh god, they really they really are all intertwined. This really is a connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. And and you know, and Travis is talking about how look, the humans are are different than the Klingons. You know, the the Klingons didn't even let their infected people back on the ship. And and Reed's like, well, you know, technically, it's not like Archer just you know let the crew, you know, the infected people on the yeah, ship without a quarantine. quarantine. It's it's you know, it's kind of not not that much different. But and you're right, and they talk talk about it later on. Um, the, the one part that was nice was uh, Archer's, tra- you know, like you said, trying to track down the what happened to the Klingons, uh, the Klingon ship that that happened to. And, and Travis is like, oh, if you find them, are you going to ask them for a cure or, or if they found a cure or whatever? And and Archer goes on bended knee, you know, <laughs> which should be obvious, like that you would ask anyone, you yeah. know, for, for a cure for your for your people. But yeah, I guess maybe not every species would have would have been, you know, would have done that. So it's, it's interesting. But, um, and can I tell you my head canon? Yeah, go for it. So the chairman of the Council of Elders mm-hmm. in Aaron of Mercy is Travis, the Travis Organian. Ooh. <laughs> if you watch Aaron of Mercy thinking of the chairman as Tra- that same character as the Travis Organian, it's, it's, a, it's really fun to watch. Because they, it's they're kind of very similar in their approach to dealing with the corporeal beings. <laughs> I did not consider that at all, but I really yeah. like that idea. <laughs> that does change things up a little bit. Yeah, when you yeah. Watch, Just, uh, but that's a nice touch to it to, to yeah. make it think make it think too that like Travis's approach won out in the organing society, and and that's why they decided to to make themselves known and create this planet that, you know, the corporeal beings can walk around in, you know, this little village for them and everything. Yeah, a little castle or a <laughs> fortress. It, yeah, and... yeah. So. It is for them. Like. It's just LARPing, isn't it? It's just live action role play. Let's, yes. Let's have the, the organic village for the afternoon right. and see how, see how they do Check things. it out. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess points for this one's kind of silly because... You mean you just told they're me they're the, the same, same person? Yeah. You know, <laughs> this, but I mean, we do do this, don't we? We do, we do like you know, what's the best wharf moment or your best? Right, right. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah. But I mean, for outrageous. I oh, mean, most yeah, most outrageous. Most outrageous. <laughs> I I like I like Travis, I like Travis Organian because I like that he yeah. is 
actually making his superiors feel outraged. And <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> to be like, what do you mean? We've been doing this for nearly a thousand years. We don't need to change things up. This works. We are learning about them now. But his points were like, were like, well, what really are you learning about them? What have right. you actually learned about any of the 800 species of the people you let die? Right. <laughs> what, what have we really learned? That they're not good enough for you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I really like something he mentioned. Yeah, um, absolutely. I just, this, I do think what the Organians actually did do in Errand of Mercy is not just outrageous, but just extraordinary. Just <laughs> absolutely, we should still be talking about this in The Next Generation and in Deep Space Nine. This should be a huge thing. I mean, they do mention, I think, the Organian Peace Treaty, don't they, a few times? Yeah. Certainly in the t- in the TOS era, it's mentioned a few times more. But this is huge. This is massive. <laughs> so now the entire Federation knows that any of their... Anything they own can be manipulated by this tiny planet in the middle of nowhere, which is in the middle of a disputed Klingon area. What? That's just bizarre. <laughs> we are appearing here. We're appearing on the Klingon homeworld. We're appearing in the Federation homeworld. Mm-hmm. Everyone is hearing this message. There won't be a war, so don't even try it. Right. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. It's truly, truly, truly outrageous. Sorry, <laughs> gem reference. Um, it is outrageous, and that's where my point's going, Aaron Mercy. Because they, they basically spend the whole episode just messing with Kirk and yeah. the Klingons, the but in particular is. Kirk. Because they, they just sit there and watch Kirk's blood start to boil hotter and hotter every time they're just like, no, we're good. You know, he's like, Klingons are coming to invade your homeworld. No, so that's okay. So we don't maybe, need to help. We're good. Maybe they haven't <laughs> any lessons. Maybe they haven't. They just sit them down. They sit there. At least they're like making themselves known. Here we are. And then yeah. they beam two people down and then they see what happens. <laughs> and as yeah, long they're, as still, they're, they're still testing. Yeah, as long as there's no violence, they're not going to intervene. Right. right. In fact, let's just pretend you're an Organian. You're like, what? Why would you do any of this? <laughs> Just beam everyone away. Just get them all out of here. I think they were hoping that the the Federation and the Klingons would work everything out. Yes. Without resorting to violence, which was definitely hoping for too much. Yeah, especially absolutely. For the Klingons, That's not going to happen. But yeah, but it is kind of, you know. But yeah, it, it, they are outraged. They're outrageous from beginning to end, even though they look so unassuming and calm. and <laughs> And I love them. I think they're great. Oh, and uh, yeah, and they 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 have a lot. Uh, uh, they assert a very high level of power. Um, we haven't really seen that. Any anyone that could do that, we you know we all of your weapons and your entire fleets are inoperable, and everyone on both sides can hear this message. I mean, that's that's like you know across, that, that's how people believe in God. People are having religious yeah, experiences yeah. based on this. Right. We should be talking about the Organian insurrection for yeah. for decades. <laughs> so yeah, they just, they just, they deserve a point for stuff in a war. Yeah. In their university. They do. They, they do. They say they saved three people we loved in Observer Effect. 
which they get, you know, which is, which is And they did it awesome. with, I have said they did it with some real style as well. They like did, yeah. Bringing them back from the dead. Dead bodies. Talking and, to them. Yeah. And then leaving everyone just with the mystery of like, right. you know, the radiation cured him, I suppose. <laughs> Must have transferred across to you guys too, I guess. Like, I wish she was dead and now she's not. Yeah. But, I mean, I wouldn't question it. I'd just be happy too. Yeah, don't know? look a gift horse in the mouth. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> Archer's like, ah, someone at Starfleet Medical will figure it out. Yeah, that was that was a that was a which is a nice touch. Not clear, but it's like that's flipping, yeah, you know. Yeah. I think you've just, but who cares? I think yeah. you've just undergone a miracle. I think a god right, has just right. reincarnated you. Last time we figure out. <laughs> I love it. All right, all right. So two points to Aaron of Mercy version of Organians, yes. even though we're grateful to the Observer effect. Organians. Oh, we so. are. <laughs> They were less outrageous about it, I'd say. They were. I mean, they, they did some good. They, I mean, eight hundred years of, of testing on organic life form—that's right, outrageous right. too. That that is out, That's outrageous in a different way. Yeah. yeah, it's like how how many people have they let die? You know, re, the read organians just like oh yeah, about you know X percent of times the whole crew dies. Mm. <laughs> you know, like he's talking about fruit flies in this fruit fly study. I know, well, yeah. So oh, that's dear. outrageous. That is outrageous. <laughs> okay. All right. What's what's our next category? Now we've met our Organians. Let us. Well, let's let's go into the episodes then. Let's look at best alter ego. I love it. I love it. So, who have you got for best alter ego? You know, and it, and it's interesting because I mean, there's so many. Our uh, organians and observer effect just basically willy nilly go into everybody's bodies whenever yeah. it's useful. Uh, that's amazing, I <laughs> which is cool. Uh, well, you know, invasion of the body snatchers uh, here, and and it's and it's done done to great effect. And, and as I'm as I did I did mention earlier, I, I do appreciate the fact that every time. They they always go in pairs, you know. They're they're always together with their partner, and and you can always tell which one is the Travis Organian, which one's the Reed Organian, yeah. which is cool. Um, all the actors do a really good job with the, with that, and it seems it seems I don't know if it, it seems like they're mimicking Travis and read you know their mannerisms when they do it which is interesting nice. or the, you know which is, but it's a it's a cool touch um so yeah i mean geez we we have an alter ego an organic alter ego in travis reed flox to paul trip hoshi archer <laughs> so a lot of people but i'm picking my favorite organian in his form we see him most of all which is travis our buddy Travis, and he's just a very interesting. He's an interesting fellow to follow around because he's the one when when you see him interacting with the the regular crewmen. That Travis is the one who's like asking questions, um, and and, and you could tell is is like working hard because it's his first assignment. Yeah, you know, he's got like eager his... beaver. Yeah, he yeah. Yeah, which is funny. You know, he like he goes. Uh, he, there's a funny scene where he goes up to uh, um, Trip and Hoshi are in, you know, quarantine, and and he goes 
to the window and he's like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> just have some regular questions to ask you. Everything's totally, totally normal here. <laughs> I just want an absolutely ordinary conversation. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny, like we said, he's the one that's asking questions uh, to Archer, finding out, trying to find out Archer's um, Stay, um, what Archer's thinking about when he's talking about the Klingons, and and you see him doing that throughout the episode. So, so he's he's a real he's interesting. He's an interesting Organian, and Anthony Montgomery did a really good job of being him himself, but not really himself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because you're right. Him and Reed and Travis are more similar to these two Organians than it would be if they were the reverse. Yes. Um. <laughs> and it was nice to actually see Travis get a whole load of stuff to do in an episode. Yes. Yes. It's kind of a bummer that it wasn't actually Travis, no. <laughs> but Anthony Montgomery got a whole lot of stuff to do in this episode. Which it was, was pretty fun. Cool. It was good. <laughs> so that's my pick for best okay. alter ego. So in, in Errand of Mercy, there are actually quite a few alter egos. Yeah. I want to shout out to to really want to shout out to the Organians as a an entire cultural alter ego. Ooh, and they portray brilliant. themselves as approximately a class D minus on a Richter scale of cultures, <laughs> which looks to be, I'd say, about medieval. Right. A race that hasn't advanced in tens of thousands of years, and Spock calls them a laboratory specimen of an arrested culture. But in reality, of course, they are beings of pure thought and energy <laughs> as high above us as we are above the amoeba. Um, and their material civilization is just dressing so that us corporeal organics can have sort of suitable reference points to deal with them and not have our minds exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a good, that was a nice alter ego that they didn't really need to do. But uh, thank you. But there are a couple of, absolutely amazing alter egos <laughs> and i'll mention i'll give you my runner-up and then we'll obviously go straight into the straight into the, the best one kirk as barona yes <laughs> described by aleborn as one of our leading citizens so this is just a case of <laughs> you're you're kirk can pass for an organian and he dresses the part and Aylborn just when Cor walks in, just just calls him Barona and just says, "Yeah, he's one of us." And I mean, Kirk does not really lean into the role. He barely <laughs> barely hides his contempt for the Klingons. He, I love Kirk so much. Yeah, he does not act anything like the other Organians, and Cor yeah. immediately likes him. He likes him because he's like Cor. And right. that is like the that's almost the B plot of the episode, <laughs> or the C plot even like the the relationship between Kirk and Cor and how yes. really yes. they're very very similar. Yes. Um, oh, it's so funny. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk has no poker face whatsoever. No, <laughs> he's like you know, Cor and Cor catches on right away. He's like, you are not like any of these other rooms no. here. We're just and like I, smiling and, and, and benign. Like you more, so <laughs> right. I'm going to deal with you. I'll deal with you, and then you deal with them. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny, and I mean it doesn't it doesn't last yeah, that it that, that uh, doesn't last too long that um, sort of deception. But the other <laughs> half of that deception is Spock, who can't <laughs> can't pass as an Organian because he looks too much like a Klingon, 
So he takes on the mysterious identity of Spock. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> doesn't think outside the box with that name. Um, <laughs> but that's the, that's the easiest kind of lie, you know. Like, oh, it is. It as is. close I, to the truth as possible. For me, I thought if the Klingons know Kirk, they're going to know Spock. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, and it Spock, might be a familiar name. Yeah, to them. And Spock was a trader of Kivas and Trillium, yes. a harmless merchant that the Klingons <laughs> shouldn't bother with. But <laughs> the very fact here. that he was a Vulcan is enough to cause them suspicion. So his alter yeah. ego doesn't really benefit him that much. However, and I'm sure Guineas wear hats. They could have just put a hat on him, like they do all the every yeah. Other time. I mean, he could have just ripped off a sheet of fabric <laughs> right, off a sleeve. Right? Yeah, give him a know, headband again. Could have just stood next to the broken rice picker. It could have been anything. <laughs> right. Um, but his alter ego, his mental control is such that even though they get him into the, the I think they call them the mind scanners, I think the mind scanners. Yes, yeah. They get him in the mind scanner Ooh. and his alter ego holds up. That's <laughs> It's good enough to get through the mind scanner. And, I mean, uh, he's, doesn't, he's pretty strong. Yeah, strong will. Doesn't control. tear him apart. Yeah. And so they sort of That's pretty him- badass. Yeah. Fox badass. Yeah. And they let him go. And they're like, okay, yeah. We'll keep an eye on you, though. <laughs> and they let him go. And he goes about his, And the biggest concern he had, according to the Klingon officer, was that he was concerned about how he would carry on doing business under the Klingon, under Klingon rule. <laughs> it's like, wow. He's really, you know, this is, this is method acting. He's living right. this problem out. Oh, that's so funny. So for best alter ego, and you mentioned his, you mentioned his <laughs> costume, actually. Oh, Amazing. It's glorious. He looks very much like a little hobbit. Uh, <laughs> he does look hobbitish. <laughs> I do. I did really like that because Kirk just wears a sort of golden tunic. He looks very regal yeah. or gladiatorial. I mean, and Spock. I mean, he just looks like Dungeons and Dragons, doesn't it? One <laughs> looks like a barbarian, and the other one looks like a little elf. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it looks so good. So for my best alter ego, I've picked Spock as Spock. Yeah, Spock as as Spock in blue tights. Yeah, <laughs> selling Trillium, perfect. But you're right; it's so funny that that it held it holds up under mind control or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the Klingons have. <laughs> you could just see him mentally uh, thinking about, oh, you know, if I were a trader, I would be concerned about how this would affect my business. So that's what I'll focus on. You know, you see him going through the. He is a legend. Work. He's a legend. As opposed to Kirk, just like can barely keep from rolling his eyes. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's he's barely he's just about containing himself because he obviously wants yeah. to tell Kor that he is a part of the Federation. Right. He obviously wants him to know. He doesn't tell him because he knows he can do more damage as an undercover operative. <laughs> but he desperately wants to tell him so they can like have a proper argument. Oh, it's so funny. All right. That's Where's, such a good pick. Where's your point going for best old day? Oh, man. This is hard. This, this is hard because we picked two strong ones, I think. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and I, and I really like, I really like the Organian, the Travis Organian. He's my favorite Organian, right? <laughs> he's yeah. a good guy. He's great. <laughs> he's, a, he's great, but but that's one of my favorite Spock disguises. With the blue tights, man. I gotta give a point to the blue tights. That that's putting it over the top for me. So point to Aaron of Mercy. <laughs> point to Aaron of Mercy. I, for the blue tights. <laughs> the, I mean, if the tights alone seal the deal, then I and guess leg so. warmers, man. 
He's got yeah. leg warmers too. It's the, I mean, it never. I don't think he ever got. He never got his uh, Playmates action figure, did he? But he could, he could have done, I suppose. Oh man, there should be an action figure. They missed a the trick. Or, they missed a the trick. You know, someone should cosplay that. I'm sure someone has cosplayed that. That's I bet amazing. it's been done, but it is a yeah, good one. It's amazing. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, oh, I think my points go to Spock as well. I feel bad for not like, not giving it to Travis, but <laughs> we love you, Travis. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but Spock is Spock, and the whole the whole like going through the mind scanner and not having your mind ripped apart. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, that that's like you're taking your alter ego. To another level. Yeah, you live in the dream. Yeah. <laughs> live in the dream. <laughs> Whereas Travis gets caught eventually. Not in he, Travis, he gets caught in another of his alter egos. But. Yeah. That was a real that was a real uh, rookie error, wasn't it? Going yeah, into the rookie uh, mistake. Yeah. The people who had already been absolutely yeah. uh they do what they've been, they've been uh, yeah. knocked out. Sedated. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Actually, okay. we'll probably talk about that next. Okay, well, after two rounds, Errand of Mercy is uh, mercilessly racking up the points <laughs> and has four. And um, Observer Effect has yet to see a point. Oh, man. Oh, very good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, hopefully we can change that. All right. For, for category three, we're going to go to... Um, to a specific plot device that both of these episodes use, even though they're very different episodes. Let's let's, uh, talk about the best uh, eavesdropping moments. Eavesdropping as a plot device. (laughs) Eavesdropping as a plot device. I didn't... When you first came out with this, I was like, eavesdropping as a plot device. I was like, oh, yes. There we go. That's why... (laughs) So, I mean, this is just bizarre, isn't it? Following I just thought it was funny that they both had one. They, and they do. <laughs> they both do it so differently. Yeah. And, well we'll, we'll talk about your, well, we'll talk about yours and we'll talk about yours. <laughs> following, following Spock and Kirk's successful assault on the ammunitions dump, Kirk oh, yeah. is once again imploring the Organians to take up arms against the Klingons, which they are steadfastly refusing to do for reasons which they don't explain other than right. that, they, that they detest violence and Kirk cannot possibly understand. So they just have essentially a very rude conversation where Kirk looks down on them quite a lot. Yeah. And well, yeah, I mean, from Kirk's point of view, they're just letting the Klingons roll over them. Yep. But you know, again, he doesn't have all the info. He does not. It reminded <laughs> me of that species. What's that episode where Picard is locked in a, a prison and he's with uh, a young Bolian cadet, that peace-loving alien, and that massive alien with the huge teeth. And one of them is from a peace-loving planet that has been conquered six or seven times because they never put up any resistance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Picard looked down on him as well. Yeah. I can't remember the name mm, of that species. I mean, either. Anyhow, it reminded <laughs> me a little of that. Yeah. Um and actually, Spock mentioned several times that they have a fleet in orbit, um, or a fleet is on the way, en route. However, unbeknownst to them, Core has planted the least conspicuous listening device uh, in the council chamber. 
a massive electronic box with a huge light, which looks completely out of place in the medieval castle. I don't know what they were thinking, but it wasn't to be covert. And you see this box just on the wall, and then you cut almost immediately to him listening in to the conversation. And then seconds later, he's in the room explaining that he's been listening in. So, gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then even despite the listening device, it is Aylborn who then tells tells uh, Cor that that Barona is in fact Captain Kirk, rendering the eavesdropping device almost entirely useless. We heard about (laughs) it. We heard about it. We saw it. It was there. He's listening. He's in the room. All the information is told to him directly. He didn't even find out via the. By the eavesdropping device. He was told it. It was so funny. It was funny and it was enjoyable and it was just it was just daft, but I did I did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting moment to add. Yeah, because they set this up, I mean, just now on this planet that they just conquered. Because it, it's not like it it, it it has the impression that it's like this is Kor's lair. And yeah, it's just set exactly. up and wired up everywhere, but they had to have just put all this stuff in now. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, where's this all going? <laughs> right, right. So, does anyone yeah. know what this does? It, does, anyone got, does anyone got some money for the meter? What the hell right, does this thing do? Exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, and then you're right away. It, it gives up, uh, the Organian gives him up that he's Captain Kirk anyway. So it's yeah. so annoying. And this is oh, when he's so mad. This is when Kirk and Cor start to bond again. But we'll talk yes. about this. We'll talk about this. Okay. All right. Uh yeah, so that's a good the good moment. We have some eavesdropping in uh observer effect also. Uh there's a lot of little moments of eavesdropping where, you know, Travis and Reed are pretending to just do their jobs, but they're really listening in to see what, you know, the doctor and and the captain are deciding to do and things like that. Um, but but the, the, the part that actually moves the plot along is uh, Travis, I'm sorry, uh, is Tri- Trip and Hoshi have been giving sedatives uh, because Hoshi gets so delirious that she somehow manages to override the security on the quarantine box that they're in and get out. I love that out. scene. Um, I love that language is, is a superpower. I love that. Yes, yes. And, she, and you know, her and math is just up. another language. Yeah. And which is interesting. And um, so, so, you know, so then Fox is like, okay, you guys are going to have to be sedated now. And they give him like a ton of what they call it, like Sinambutril yeah. or something like that. Sinambulin or had a, you know, had a very like sleepy sounding <laughs> right. name. Right, but also like a brand name of a yeah. sleep aid. <laughs> but um, so anyway, so 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 they should be knocked out on their horse track train on their yeah. horse tranquilizers, you know, that they're given. And Flox is busy in sick bay, you know, working on trying to find a cure. And he looks up on the monitor, and he sees Trip and Hoshi awake, standing up. You know, as uh, alert as can be, having a conversation, which is like, um, you know, this obviously shouldn't happen. Obviously, shouldn't be happening. So he eavesdrop. He he turns on the sound to listen to what they're saying, and he also bonus 
eavesdropping, uh, he runs a brain scan on them both. <laughs> nice. So, so that's when he realizes that there's alien brain waves in there. Um, but he happens to, he does that, that great thing in TV where you happen to turn it on right at the point that, that you, uh, that's the information you need. Cause he, he turns on the sound right when Hoshi's saying like, Oh, the, you know, these the, humans the are different than us. It's like, you're right. <laughs> yes. They're definitely aliens from another plane. Like, oh exactly. my God. I never have noticed. Right. And he gets, you know, he gets the information he needs to, to figure out what's going on. And then he decides to use the, the information he gleaned from the eavesdropping to tell the captain, unfortunately, the aliens have moved on from Trip and Hoshi Such into a creepy Archer and well. which is very creepy. It was very well done. And it was well done seeing Phlox when he figures out that he's not really talking to the captain of He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Not too much I could do about this. So I'll just try to you know, get as much information as I can. <laughs> and he's like, did you do that? You know, that's when he's like, did you do this to my patients? And. You know, and he does everything that you would expect him to in this situation. Oh then, yeah, you know, knowing that his mind's going to be erased. No, when he and, figures that out, I think, I think that yeah. does that does sort of perplex him a little bit that that's going to happen. Right, right. But he has to just sort of suck it up and be like, okay, lose my mind. No, right. <laughs> but it's a fun scene, and it's it's fun to watch. And again, with Trip and and Hoshi, they're arguing about. Um, you know the the trip alien which is the travis alien is um you know talking about how these the humans are different than the klingons the klingons are violent and and the hoshi alien who's the reed alien is is just saying how no they're not different they they say they are they make a big show about how they're not violent but then you know yada 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 which we know to be true you know things that (laughs) so you know they're both kind of right (laughs) Um, in that situation, but it's interesting to to see Trip and Hoshi acting that out too, the same as the Travis and Reed, you know, Travis and Reed. Mm-hmm. So that's my moment. It's that's the great moment. I love the fact you can tell that they're aliens by their brain scans as well. Just like yeah, that, that yeah. must have been picked up because they do. They did mention that they've been found out a couple of times at least during yeah. Their, 800 years it was like two percent of the time that that only happens two percent of the time yeah (laughs) that we're discovered that's a nice little statistic to throw out (laughs) but they are discovered and obviously this is you know there's a physiological change that uh that scanners can pick up on i really like that and i like that uh flux had the wherewithal to actually run a brain scan it wasn't yeah yeah hell is going on right (laughs) i suppose they did they did clearly explain what was going on it wasn't like you had to figure it out they just told yeah. me what was happening <laughs> um i your plot device your eavesdropping plot device i thought it was it was used nicely all the way through the episode yeah uh, you know because they are there to listen in and find out what's going on yeah. and it was a nice sort of a nice twist where we're listening in and finding out what's going on so for me eavesdropping was more of a it was just a bizarre two minutes in errand of mercy but it is a proper plot device in uh uh observer effect so my point definitely has to go there yeah i i thought i think it's funny that it was in observer that they had that in Errand of mercy 
too, though. <laughs> it's randomly like that was a Klingon thing. Is it's it sounded like you know that to to just eavesdrop on everything. I, th- I think Core doesn't even say even I'm being monitored at all times or something yeah. like that. Um, which is an interesting little fact to throw in about Klingons. Um, but I'm gonna give my point to observer effect too. It, it's 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 fun to watch it throughout the the episode. Watch them observing and eavesdropping and then i i like the fact that then it got turned on them and they were eavesdropped on mm-hmm. and uh and that moved the plot along so that was interesting so yeah i'm also giving a point to observer effect this round okay excellent so errand of mercy stays on four and observer effect uh is off off the bench and gets two excellent <laughs> on the board <laughs> okay what are we looking at for round? Well, let's go for a let's go for a classic round then. Let's go for Organian oration. Ooh. I so like that. what what is your best Organian line? Our best the best Organian line. Mm-hmm. Um so they have a there's a lot of just like I mean, like I said, this is basically a workplace drama episode. <laughs> So there's, there's not, a, you know, there, like, like we mentioned a lot of the, the statistics, like, you know, doing this for 800 years and 2% of the time this happens and, you know, 60% of the time the whole crew dies or, you know, whatever. But someone always dies. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there's the one that I pick is actually a little bit earlier and it kind of goes to what I was thinking was the kind of kind of the theme of the the episode of the workplace drama part of the episode, <laughs> you know, which is um, which is how how change happens in organizations here, you know, and you know they're talking about Travis is is just like what how we're just why are we letting these people die when when we, when we can change it. So so they're talking you know talking about like the criteria they use to decide whether or not they're worthy of first contact, which, you know, have they ever decided someone's worthy of first contact? I don't know. Based on, on their criteria, it doesn't seem like, like anyone would in corporeal form would reach it. Yeah. Not for like 5,000 years or so. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and Reed says that this is a measure we've used for, you know, for 10,000 years. Uh, it's not our responsibility to, to change it. And, and, and Travis is just like, well, perhaps we should consider other qualities in making our decision, you know, mm-hmm. besides just intelligence or whatever it is they're actually looking for, which isn't even really clear. <laughs> no, because they recognize the intelligence is there. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it they want? What is it they want the persons or, or species to do? I didn't. I didn't right, really like get how that. could they? Yeah, like how could they? Um, how? What test? What's the right answer to this test? Yeah. Um. And, and you know, may, so traveling, like, maybe we should consider other qualities in making our decisions. And and reads like it, it's not our responsibility to change it. And Travis says, "My this is the line I really like." Then whose responsibility is it? Yeah. And I think that is just that's the whole point of this episode is is the we've always done it this way is a really really stupid reason to do anything. Absolutely. And sometimes you need fresh eyes, like this new guy, this new Organian on his first day of work to uh, come in and show you that what you're doing 
just because you've always done it that way is is not working and you can change and improve you know and that and that's why i think i think this conversation is kind of why at the end reed kind of goes along with it and and lets him save the humans mm-hmm. um and they're just like okay well we're gonna write it up in our report <laughs> I love that they mentioned the paperwork they have to do. <laughs> They're going to yeah, write up the I wonder report. what a non-corporeal report would look like. Right, right. What's a non-corporeal <laughs> font? <laughs> it's like a, it's like a thirteen-dimensional font. Like we can't picture it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I think, and I think that that line, I think that does lead to changes. And then, then we see in Aaron and Mercy, they did decide. Okay, well, we'll reveal ourselves to people, and 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 try to learn from them that way and but we will I like do it that. in a like weird that. time the weird time you know in the meantime they talk about processing the paperwork for first contact which will take like you said like five thousand years <laughs> which i just love they're such a bureaucracy those organians wow and uh yeah so that's my line that that is a good line <laughs> Um, and it is not, it has that proper, it has the effect of sort of changing the perspective of the episode, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because that that's is like the what turning con- point. Yeah, that's what convinces them. the older one to be like, mm, maybe right. we could do something about this rather than just right. let everyone perish. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not optimum. <laughs> yeah. I've also picked episodes that show like a real demonstration of power and intent from the Organians. And I really some of their lines because so much of their lines is just sort of this mysterious you don't understand us or we're a peace you can leave us we don't worry there's a lot of that but when they come out and say something in this episode it's a really cracking line so there's one i've got two lines one is sort of a runner-up and it's by one of the other organians not not aleborn named trefane and they're all just sat around their big wooden table and Trefane says, Aelborn, eight space vehicles have assumed orbit around our planet. They're activating their material their material transmission units. And Kirk and Spock sort of look at each other like, WTF? How, <laughs> is that, that going to happen? And Kirk asks Spock whether that's true. And Spock's like, I've got no idea, but seems like it could be true. And it's very nonchalant. And that's when they realise that they haven't read the situation right, that something actually is very, very wrong with what's going on and their <laughs> perspective on this situation. And I liked how nonchalant it was, and I liked how no one was trying to sort of hide it or whisper it. It was just, they're space vehicles, they're in orbit around the planet, and they we can also sense that they are doing something which, at the moment, you know, we need technology to do, and they just sat there talking right. about it, uh, which I thought was great. But the best line, and f- probably one of the best lines in the episode, I think Cora has some good lines as well, is towards the very end where Aelborn is just sorting this out. And he says to Cor and to Kirk, As I stand here, I also stand upon the home planet of the Klingon Empire and the home planet of your Federation, Captain. I'm going to put a stop to this insane war. And then he does. And it takes about mm-hmm. three minutes. Uh, and it's just such a fantastic, you have underestimated us. You are not in charge of everything that happens. 
I am telling you how it is, and I'm doing something which you could not even fathom. You cannot understand how we're doing this, but it's being done right now, and you guys are going to live with it. And I just really liked, I thought it was a great line. I thought the moment was really strong and it had like a, a changing effect for the Klingons because they're not, they're not going to be at war with us anymore. Right. It's like you start this, I'm going to end it. (laughs) Yeah. And it was such a nice, it's just a really strong line. A good line from my album. It is. It is. (laughs) Oh man. What about for points? I think they're both they're both actually quite similar lines, aren't they? And that sort of yeah. This so is the de- this is the decisive line. This is a yeah. decisive yeah. changing line. And I and they might be from the same person, right? Isn't they, the count- <laughs> potentially, uh, there's a definite scale to it. In my there? mind, <laughs> it's the same person. Um. That would have been a nice. That would have been a nice touch. Maybe it'd have been a bit small universe, but they could have named a Mailborn, couldn't they? They, if they could just have. name dropped him in the episode. Just, just a little, <laughs> just a smidge. That would be good. But I do like that we don't figure, we don't learn that they're Organians till like the very end, till it's it's dead trip. Yeah, that and he's that like, was, yeah, hey, I'm an Organian. <laughs> it's like what? You're an Organian? That's awesome. <laughs> Now I want to watch the whole episode again because I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah, they're both great lines. I think the the scale of it. I mean, I've I've used the same justification. The scale of it for what Aylborn yeah, says is just yeah. massive, and mm-hmm. I love the lines. I think I'm going to go for Aylborn's line. But That's I good think line. I think your line is powerful too. This has been the most. This has been the toughest one for me. I'm going to yeah, go for Aylborn. I'm going to give my point to Travis Organian here because that's just that's just a huge pet peeve of mine. The, the, that's the way we've always done it. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing, especially as a government employee myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you can't just you can't have that mindset. And and sometimes you just need a fresh pair of eyes to come in and, you know, with fresh ideas and just to question how always question, always question how things are done. That's how anything improves. Nothing's yeah, going to improve. You don't question it. So I love that. I love the power of it. I think it's fun watching the difference b- between Reed and Travis in their approach to this. Um, and, and just the way he phrases it to the whose responsibility is it? If it's not our responsibility to change it, you know, mm-hmm. whose responsibility is it? Someone has to step up. And get shit done. <laughs> yeah. And that's and and I like that. So I'm giving my point to Travis. I think that's totally fair. Totally fair. Um <laughs> so after four rounds, it is five to Andrew Mercy and three to observer effect. Mm-hmm. So the final round could uh, draw this all up. All right. Let's see, there's still time. Yeah. Still time. This, this is my favorite. This is my favorite category. <laughs> Okay. I love this All right. One. Well, let's do it then. Let's go to, to category five. Let's hear about the, uh, in Aaron and Mercy, the best buddy moment. The best buddy moment. <laughs> I love it. I, ha- I do have a runner up. You okay. can't have a Star Trek buddy moment round without mentioning Kirk and Spock. Oh, absolutely. Hashtag Spock. Right. 
They are <laughs> beaming down to Organia together, just the two of them. And they're leaving Sulu in charge of the Enterprise, and they have the whole mission to themselves. And they do have a quite lively moment where they're planning to commit some civil acts of disobedience against the Klingons. Um, and they're just sort of they're just sort of chatting out what to do. And there's a moment where there's a moment where Kirk is talking to a Klingon, and then uh, he's speaking to Spock, and he says, "Oh, you think I'd beat his head in?" And the Spock says, oh, well, I thought you might. And Kirk says, well, you're right. And they're just sort of like, they're, they're chatting about this because they know each other so well. And they're congratulating each other on a job well done and a good plan. <laughs> and they're just so pleased to spend time with each other. And like that act of civil disobedience, <laughs> when they blew something up and condemned, from their perspective, people to death. But they absolutely loved it. They're laughing and smiling and sort of big slaps on the back. It was great. Uh, a genuine buddy moment. I but love it. My buddies for the episode are Kirk and Cor. They are they are the buddies. And despite a few minor ideological differences, they do recognise their similarities. Kirk does seem quite keen to distance himself from Cor's <laughs> sort of savagery. And he does sort of try and say how different they are. But Core makes a very good job, does a very good job of explaining why they are in fact so similar. Now, of course, Kirk would never slay 200 innocent people the way right. Core did, which was a very, very concerning event to occur, which was laughed off at the end because obviously they're not really dead. But I was like, that's still pretty bad. I'm still not feeling great about that. Right. Um but they are both evidently disgusted by the servile Organians. <laughs> it, it is really, they really do not like They're the Organians. Yeah, and they they do see their similarities. Not not a great look for Kirk. But my favourite buddy <laughs> moment is at the very end, and it's between Kirk and Kor, and they just cannot believe the Organians are stepping in to end the war. It's none of their business. If the Klingons and the Federation want a war, then they should have a war. This is nothing to do with the Organians. And they begin backing each other up and, right. you know, <laughs> almost finishing each other's thoughts. And at the end, they're both like, oh, that would have been, that would have been a good war, wouldn't it? We should have, we should have done that war. We, we'd never have come down here. We should have had our war. And we get the idea that Klingons and humans are really not all that different. And, I think future Star Treks have taken that idea and moved it on in a very yeah. clever way because Klingons and humans are not the same. We are right. very different. But we do have so many similarities. And the same way we're not the same as Vulcans, but we have so many similarities that our differences can be put aside and we could be like we can come together for the same goals and the same ideals. We're not identical, but we are very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, and yeah. yeah, that's okay. that's a, that's a, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say my so my buddy moment is just them two arguing with uh, the Organians that they should have a war. I love it. <laughs> I love that because you're so right, and they continue it in an observer effect too. Just the like. 
well, Klingons and humans are different, but they're really not. And mm-hmm. this is why, you know, so it's a, it's, a, it's a thread that goes through both of it, both the episodes. It's nice that Kirk feels self-reflective about it at the end, mm-hmm. which is which is nice because he really does bond with Kor a yeah. lot over this episode, which is really funny, really interesting to watch. And it's funny at one point, Kirk even says like, like he gets so frustrated. He, he says, I'm not a diplomat or something, you know, or something like that. It's like, you know, you really are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really did not demonstrate you're, any of those skills. Yeah, it's just like, I agree with you, Kirk. You are not a diplomat. <laughs> um, and it's funny because you think about how different this episode would have went if, you know, Picard. I, I, it's always fun to play that game, how the other. Of course. Um, captains would have reacted, but it's, it's so different. And there wouldn't have been any buddy buddy moments. <laughs> no, God. Picard would have really looked down on Core. Yeah. He'd have been right there with the Organians. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And it's a, it, it it's funny, but it also kind of gets to the heart of, of what the episode's about, you know? Oh, we still we still have a long way to go. The Organians kind of have a point. <laughs> yeah. And, and if we're if we're saying the Klingons are savages and they're saying actually right, from our right, perspective, right. you're both pretty much the same. Right. I mean objectively in this episode, the Klingons are worse than the Federation. Yes. <laughs> like, the, uh, uh, that's not a question. No. Um, but, you know, there's still a long way to go, and we are definitely closer to the Klingons than we are to the to the Organians. Completely. But, and they can um, see that, and they know, and that's they, why yeah. we're, that's why they, you know, putting us all in the same pot, really, aren't they? Right. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. That's That's a really good pick. What's like your favorite buddy moment for Observer Effect? Okay. So my runner up, I want to talk about a pair that... Okay. So first, actually, first off, I, I'm not considering any moments with between the Organians because they are specifically not buddies. They no, are specifically co-workers. Yeah. <laughs> co-workers maybe even boss an employee or mentor an employee you know it's, it's unclear exactly what i don't know what, what the actual org chart is for the mm-hmm. organians <laughs> but they're they're definitely just in a workplace scenario here so uh, so they're not involved in this category uh but there there's a pair that we don't really see too much of together which is the trip and hoshi pairing mm. and that that's my runner up here because they have some really nice moments um when they they're, they both both of them share stories from when they were younger uh, to each other, which is nice. And and they had there's a really nice scene where um, where you know Trip Trip is saying how great like how cool it is that that Hoshi's such a genius with languages and how interesting that is and how he's jealous that she she has that ability because that's not something that he's mm-hmm. good at and and she talks about you know saying I feel the same way about your engineering skills that's really cool and that's not something that I can do and and that you know they have nice little bonding moments and um and then they also have that scene you know that we were talking about earlier where Hoshi gets delirious and yeah and leaves and and trips the one even though he's delirious too he manages to get clear enough to to stop her from i mean she makes her way all the way to the airlock <laughs> and he managed to stop her and and they have an, a nice moment of just like hugging each other and you know just two people who are both stuck in this horrible situation knowing they're this is probably it for them and and a little, you know, and a nice little solidarity bonding 
hug that they, that I think is really acted well. That yeah. scene, that part between both of them. Um, and we don't really get to see them too often. So I, I really like that a lot. Um, but I had to pick, I had to pick the classic, my class, the classic buddies of Archer and Trip for this. Cause of course they did. I just love their friendship so much, Yeah, but, but they have a, they have a, a they have a true, like, like Trip and Hoshi can st- are, are, are obviously like get closer with this, but they're, mm-hmm. st- they're still kind of coworkers too. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. That they're just us in the situation. But in this episode, Trip and Archer have a, an actual buddy moment, which is when Archer has to tell him that he basically has five hours to live. Ooh. And he never, and he never actually tells him. Nope. But they are both so on each other's wavelengths that they know exactly what they're saying, mm-hmm. even though they're not saying it, which is it's, and that's really well done. You know, Archer like physically steals himself before he, before he opens the comm to the room. Um, and he, you know, he tells Trip, you know, it's a silicon based virus and, and, um, but he doesn't really say no. any, you know, that, it, but, but Tri- Trip's like, oh, okay, I get it. So there's no cure. You know, like he yeah. just can tell, <laughs> just the look on his best, you know, just the way his best friend's face looks. He knows. Um, and he even says, he even says like, like, and it looks like we're up against a deadline. Like he can tell that this isn't just the bad yeah. news that it's a cell virus and there's, we don't know how to cure it. He can tell the way that Archer's acting. He doesn't even have to say it. He knows that there's not much time um, left. That is harsh. And, and they just have, oh, they just have this great, it's just a great little moment between two people who know each other so well that you don't even really have to say any words mm-hmm. to know anything about what the other's thinking. And, 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 and before, and, and God, Archer has just, he delivers this great line. He says like, don't, don't you give up on me to trip to the one who's dying, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't want him to give up, even though, it's obvious to trip how bad it really is. And it's just such a, Oh, it's just such a great moment. And then, and then, you know, and then you just at the end, just the way art, I mean, you could pick just Archer with Hoshi and trip at the end Mm -hmm. too. The way he, I mean, he gave up his life for one last ditch effort to save Hoshi. He gave, you know, and then the way he, he, he basically, he basically just, you know, stood by Trip, just mm-hmm. waiting for Trip to pass, and oh my God, Archer! That's, that's <laughs> yeah, it's just great. But 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 that moment, that particular moment where Archer delivers the news to Trip, um, Hoshi, Hoshi's passed out at this point, so she doesn't even isn't even aware of the, the, the how bad it is. But but they have an, a a moment that can only happen between two best friends who know each other so well. And I, I really like the way that that scene was put together you've picked Ugh. such an emotional and strong scene yeesh that was good then when he goes and tells him about the virus the look on both of their faces is so yep. it's quite painful to watch because yeah. they both look yeah. like they're so full of emotion and trip knows there's things he's not being told and right. archer knows the trip knows he knows right. <laughs> uh, and it's so it's so well done yeah. Mm. You stumped me with this one a little bit because <laughs> you know the, the the funny Kirk and Core moments 
we've seen we've seen this before because we know that Kirk and the Klingons are not that different. Um, and that's part of you know that's part of the reason he hates them so much because you yeah. can see so many of his negative attributes played out. Yeah. But we've seen this buddy stuff in the Day of the Dove as well. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I suppose we've seen we've seen Archer oh, give bad Archer news trip. to Trip before yeah. as well. And but Trip still... always does does what Trip does, you know. Yeah, puts on a, puts on the brave face. Yes, the eyebrow raise. It's just yeah, he freaking winks at Archer when he's. Uh, like the last thing he does before he yeah. dies is wink, winks at Archer. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna not not when he dies here. When he actually dies, well, he didn't actually die in the episode that shall not be named. But <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. in my mind, <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's on time. There's a wink there. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that's just, it's, it's just another moment in their relationship. I'm, I'm actually going to give my points to to Cor and Kirk. Because it, it, yeah, because it does. I mean, it seems like it's just a funny thing, but it really does speak to the Organians' whole point. Oh yeah, <laughs> in both in both these these episodes. So I think it, it's it's a little bit bigger than it's funny, but it also does have a bigger meaning to the episodes. And I I like that. I think that's funny. And I think that in an episode where Spock and Kirk go on an away mission, just the two of them, you still picked. <laughs> There's still enough other things, you yeah, know, there's yeah. still like core, enough core and Kirk stuff to pick that, 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 that's just funny. So that, my point's going to Aaron and Mercy. I think my point's going to go to Observer Effect. I did, uh, I really like the, the whole Archer trip dynamic all the way through yeah. that and how much pain there was and how well it was done. And it's sort of, it was nice to see like, cause the, the two Organians talk about this quite academically, don't they? You know, lots of percentages and stats right, and right. deaths, but this is like, this is the real human cost of it. And then we right. see that side of it. And I've thought that was done so well. So I'm going to give my point to uh, observer effect. All right. Well, that makes it a little bit more respectable. I think so. I, uh, you know, errand okay. of mercy, six observer effect four. I think that's that's fine, and that's fair. I I can agree with that. Yeah, I mean we I we it, get this outcome in like seventy eight percent of episodes. <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> that's because we're 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 very positive about. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. we don't have any like worse categories that are like worse whatever. No, no. <laughs> I mean we only get a. It's like yeah, I like a, that, and I like that. We've ne- <laughs> we've never once had someone who never got a point, have we? Somebody always no. gets a point. Yeah, someone. <laughs> There's something good about every episode. (laughs) Okay. So we've done it. We've snapped track the Organians. And I get get the feeling that we'll see the Organians again. Oh, that'd be so great if we did. Organian. Because Uh. (laughs) I do do think there's a bit more power in what they do. Oh, no. I'm thinking thinking Discovery Season 4. I'm thinking we're going to see an Organian. You know, I mean, all their paperwork's in by the by the time of Discovery season yes, four. It right? absolutely is. It's gotta yeah, be, it's gotta, they gotta be, be ready. And I really do feel like now they set up the the Carl uh, Guardian of Eternity as well. They're getting they're getting the gods. The 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 gods are coming back. Yeah, we're gonna see these big godlike characters because we've not seen them for actually. Quite a long time. Although I suppose in Picard we saw those machine gods. 
whatever oh, they yeah. were, the tentacle tentacle machine gods. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They only just count. <laughs> yeah, who knows what we'll see. I, I could see it in Discovery, you know, because there's room for, for Discovery to get a little bit more surreal. I, th- I think so. I think Discovery's. Yeah. Got, I think Discovery's got some move, still some some moves to make. Yeah, and um, and because oh, Strange New Worlds. Who knows what we're what direction that show's gonna take? I don't yes. want to speculate, but I think Discovery's probably a better fit for the Organians because we need to see the we need to see the next level of the Organians. The, yeah, the next, the yeah. Next Strange. That's funny because Strange New Worlds would be in between Observer Effect and. Aaron of Mercy, yeah. timeline wise. I mean, <laughs> That's kind of funny could, to think we about. Could go to the original Organia and be like, oh, yeah. it's still Gainia, is it? And <laughs> then Spock would have already been there. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a much better fit for Discovery. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. They got all the paperwork in. They're ready. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So let's all think right. about the next episode of Snap Track. Good. Now that we've finished with the. Old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting! Okay, friends and neighbors, let's see what Uncle Roy has for you today. In the next episode of Snap Track, in the face of overwhelming odds, we are going to see our captains contemplate and commit crimes as we compare Deep Space Nine's In the Pale Moonlight with Enterprise's Damage. Somber episodes, lots going on, and we are joined by a special mysterious guest, not an Organian inhabiting our bodies, but a third person (laughs) who will be revealed on the day. Hmm, A mystery. Mystery guest. Mystery guest. I love it. Cannot wait for that. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So, Jen, is there anything else you'd like to say to our... Organian overlords. <laughs> I for one welcome our Organian overlords. <laughs> no, but everyone, whatever species you are, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. We, no, we really appreciate you spending the time uh, listening to us, and um, hope you enjoyed it. And thanks. Hope everyone's doing well. Do send us any poems or suggestions for In the Pale Moonlight or Damage. They, they could be quite quite deep. Um, otherwise, we will see you next time. And that is a Royal Fizzbin. She's gone. Captain, help me with Commander Tucker. How many have to die before you'll admit humans are different? We need to stop this. I will not depart from protocol. The incident isn't over. When the first death occurs on the ship, there's a 68% chance the rest of the crew will become infected. What more will that teach us about them? All this would have happened whether we were here or not. We are not responsible. Maybe we should be.